Hey Trace listeners, Rach Brown here. The day arrived that the James brothers had been waiting on for four decades. The Victorian coroner's finding into who killed their mum. A new coronial inquest was held in September last year, sparked by this series of revelations in this podcast. Revelations that you're well across. But sadly for the James brothers, they haven't got the closure they were hoping for. Coroner Caitlin English's finding was the very same that the coroner handed down in 1982. I make an open finding. It was by a person unknown. This is Mark and Adam James speaking outside the Victorian coroner's court just after the finding was handed down. This is a disappointing blow for Adam and me. We've waited uh, 42 years to try to get an answer. We, We still don't have one. That's one of the reasons why we wanted the coroner, just to wait that bit longer to get more more information in. We will never give up hope to get that death. But there are some positive takeaways for the family. Coroner Caitlin English has implored Victoria Police to keep investigating Father Anthony Bongiorno. He'd been sexually abusing Adam James and Maria James was set to confront him the day she was murdered. Father Bongiorno was seen covered in blood around the time of the murder, and he had a shoddy alibi. Taking the evidence at its highest, given Adam James' allegations and both Adam and Mark's evidence of hearing their mother on the telephone to the parish on the morning of her death, as well as Father Bongiorno's discredited alibi, he had both motive, proximity and opportunity. He was placed outside the bookshop on High Street by Miss Sharp and Detective Hall before and immediately after Mrs James' death. Trace listeners came to me with the name of a woman who might have been the St Mary's Parish housekeeper the day of the murder and who might have seen Father Bongiorno covered in blood. I passed this name to police seven months ago. She's yet to be spoken to. As for Father Bongiorno's fellow priest at St Mary's Church, Father Thomas O'Keefe, The coroner says this. There is no evidence that Mrs James was aware Father O'Keefe had abused her younger son. Therefore, unlike the evidence against Father Bongiorno, Father O'Keefe has no known motive and there's no evidence of his whereabouts on the 17th of June. Although he was living at St Mary's Presbytery and was proximate to the murder. Although, as you heard earlier in Trace, if an abuse allegation was levelled at the parish... It'd most likely be the parish priest, Father O'Keefe, not his associate, Father Bongiorno, who'd respond. Coroner English mentions that she's read tendency evidence of Father O'Keefe's sexualised criminal behaviour towards children, but there's no mention in her finding of what you've heard, listeners, people suggesting that this priest could just snap, would just lose it like an animal, and that he once allegedly attacked someone with a carving knife from the victim's own kitchen i.e. a similar MO to Maria James's killer. Coroner English has also asked police to keep looking into the late convicted killer, Peter Keogh. Keogh stabbed Vicky Cleary in 1987, and the inquest heard Keogh had skited to people that he'd killed Maria James. The coroner says police eliminated Keogh without proper grounds, including not taking a statement from his alibi his girlfriend at the time, Judy McNulty, nor taking a statement from his social worker, who'd nominated him as the potential killer. There are examples in the investigation which appear to have ignored women's voices. Police did not take a statement from Judy McNulty, although she was Mr Keogh's alibi. 
and there didn't seem to be or appear to be understanding or consideration of her position as a potentially vulnerable witness given Mr Keogh's violent history. Police did not speak to Ms Hobbs, although she was Mr Keogh's social worker and had reported a colleague her concerns about him. There's lots more in the finding. It's 80 pages and you can read it for yourself. Just head to the Victorian Coroner's Court website and click on Findings. But despite the coroner not naming the killer, as the James brothers had so desperately hoped, she did slam Victoria Police for a litany of exhibit mismanagement. She says, yes, they worked hard in an era that predated computers and DNA, so they were working on typewriters and frantically recording by hand the flood of leads that came in when a $50,000 reward for information was offered. Um, I've also examined the handwritten index of the information reports and it really is a truly impressive and comprehensive document which formed and remains the Rosetta Stone of the investigation. But she's criticised failures in preserving the crime scene, in fingerprinting and in taking good care of Maria James's exhibits, some of which just vanished. Here's a chat that Mark James and I had with ABC Melbourne Drive host Raphael Epstein soon after the inquest finding was handed down. Rachel, good afternoon. Hey, Raph, how are you? Take me through uh, what the coroner said today. So it must have been disappointing for Adam and Mark to hear this today and I'll start off by saying I'm so sad that I couldn't be in the courtroom with them today because it's like six years ago on Mark James's couch I said to him that I would do everything I... I possibly could to find answers for him and his family, for him and Adam, and I have COVID, sadly, so I'm at home. Um, I would have loved to have been there today, but it was it's a big day for that family today. They've been through a lot. Um, like I said, we met six years ago, and the culmination of some of the discoveries in Trace, some of the people who's called into the ABC, some external people, sparked revelations le- that led to this new inquest in September last year. Today, Coroner Caitlin English had said she can't name a killer, um, which I'm sure you'll ask Mark about and they're incredibly sad about today. But on in some positive note, she did say that investigations should continue into Father Anthony Bongiorno, who is one of the prime suspects who had been sexually abusing Adam James, Mark's brother, And Adam James had confided in his mum, Maria James, the day before her death that this abuse was happening and Maria was set to confront the parish the day that she was murdered. So for Coroner Caitlin English to ask for him to continue to be investigated, Father Anthony Morgiorno, I think that's a big step and I think the family will be really happy with that. Um, The other person she wants police to keep looking into is Peter Keogh. Uh, He's also passed away. He murdered... uh, Sorry, he killed Vicky Cleary. Uh, So those are the two she wants investigations to continue into. And she slammed Victoria Police for a litany of exhibit mismanagements, which included losing Maria James's bloodstained clothing, which would have been perfect for DNA testing, and also included, as, as Trace listeners would know, a rogue pillow from a completely different crime scene, which gave police a DNA sample, which meant that police were chasing the wrong killer for the 14 years um, and it led them to exclude suspects over those 14 years. So can I ask so you today, about that, Rachel? Uh, just mm, let's start with the evidence because there's a whole range of avenues that need to be investigated yet. But just hearing the coroner get cranky at the police, is that significant? 
Um, I think it is, yeah, because it, there was a whole string of errors. Her clothes went missing, her pillow slips went missing, a quilt disappeared off a police database for about a decade, another pillow was added, which um, was a red herring that crippled the case for 14 years. It just it's, it's unfathomable. The, the exhibits tracker who gave evidence at the inquest said he's never seen anything like it and it wouldn't have happened on his watch, but that it was appalling. Um, so for her to come out today and, and go through all those errors, and one of her recommendations is that Victoria Police do a thorough search of all its holdings. Oh. Um, they simply said to the inquest, look, we think they've been destroyed, but no certificates of destruction can be found for these clothes. So Coroner Caitlin English said, we'll go and look for them um, and hopefully you'll find them. I want to come to some potential evidence that hasn't been examined and some potential new witnesses in a moment. Rachel Brown is, of course, uh, the force and the voice behind the Trace podcast. Mark James, we've been sitting here listening to the investigation into his mother's murder. Every time Mark hears this, I'm not sure what goes through your mind, Mark, but um, an open finding. How did that How did that leave you? Yeah, that left uh, my brother and I uh, quite disappointed um, what we were actually hoping was that the coroner would wait, not make the finding right now, but wait until all the evidence was on the table. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, we, we were pretty devastated by that finding. Did you, did you think she would, did you think a coroner would say, yep, we think it's one person? Did you expect that? Look, I, I did in the beginning. I, I expected them to, uh, say it was, uh, they believed it was the priest, but, at the conclusion of the hearing, um, Coroner English did indicate that it might may be difficult to name someone. So I was in a way kind of prepared, but when I actually heard the bad news today, I was devastated. I want to examine that question of whether or not there's more digging to be done. Rachel, what else is there? Witnesses and evidence. What, what other avenues are there? Well, this is, this is what I think Mark should be most hopeful about, and we've spoken a lot about this. Um, in August last year, listeners of Trace came to me with the name of a housekeeper, the housekeeper who they believed worked at St Mary's Presbytery, who they believe might have seen Father Bongiorno covered in um, blood just after the murder. Now, I gave that name to police um, just before the inquest because I was hoping she could be interviewed within the inquest window. That was seven months ago. That still hasn't been done. That person's um, alive and kicking in Italy, is that right? She is. She is, and I understand she's in Italy and maybe that has caused some some delays. Well, the police have got phones, um, I presume. Yeah. Yeah, so that is one avenue that I and Mark would like to see happen. Um, like I said, I would have called her myself. I would have gone there myself. But um, I kind of... I wanted her interviewed within the in inquest window and that um, didn't happen. So Mark James, I know, is hoping that she can be spoken to soon. There's also 11 hairs that have been found on Maria James's bed quilt. Now, they're being DNA tested. The family would like them compared to some of the persons of interest, including Father Bongiorno. Um, that hasn't happened yet. I understand those results might be back in July. Okay. And that's why Mark James asked the coroner on Friday if she could just hold off a little bit until we get these two, what could be potentially crucial, leads. Where... I don't quite understand. An open finding, is it also an open invitation from the coroner to police to keep digging, Rachel? 
I would uh, say diplomatically that they would be remiss not to follow her recommendations on this finding. In, in the recommendations at the end, she's given a very clear instruction for them to do a thorough search of their holdings, which I think Mark James will be very pleased with, that he's been asking for that for years yes. now. Um, and then in the contents of the finding, which is quite lengthy, um, I'll just see if I can... Well, you, I tell you, you hang on, you have a look at that right 82 pages. So, 82 yeah. pages, right, yeah. okay. Uh, I want you to do a bit of a deep dive in that because I've got Mark here. Mark James is the son of Maria James, just to remind you. Mark, in summary, how do you feel the police handled your mum's case? Uh, I'm disgusted. Um, I used to have a, lot, a great deal of respect for the police before this coronial inquiry. Um, now I, I really feel there's been a miscarriage of justice. Um, you know, I've got to say, well, I mean, is, is it Keystone Cops? Is it negligence? I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's very upsetting. It's, it's, I'm, I'm just emotional right now just talking about it. It must be frustrating to not know if it's a mistake or real malfeasance. You can't tell if it's inadvertent or deliberate, can you? No, I, I don't know. I just, just don't know. But, yeah, I mean, all of mum's clothes going missing, um, which is the most critical evidence. And, and Detective Ron Idle said that the, the, the killer's blood would have been on that and that they've all gone missing, the pillowcase, the mm. other bungle-ups. And each of these bungle-ups, the coroner identified them, that one didn't have a causal relationship to the other. In other words, they were five separate independent mistakes made um, with, with the exhibit. And that's just the exhibits. Yes. Do you think... There's a few things that can be followed up. I presume, to be honest, in every coronial inquest, there's always other avenues, but at some point they bring the gate down. Do you think the witness, the potential witness in Italy, uh, the DNA evidence of a few hairs, do you think that's going to get a look at in a way that's going to make you happy? Well, I would have much rather the um, the coroner waited uh, for the police to, to con conclude those inquiries but now, now that the coroner's made the decision, I'm just hoping the, the police will still make this a priority and mm. get, get some answers. Do you feel like you had your day in court at least? Yes, yes, I, 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 do, I do feel. I'm, I'm happy and thankful to the coroner that, that she's investigated the matter. I just would have rather that all the facts, all the cards been on the table before the decision was made. Rachel Brown, anything you want to leave people with maybe to... To point towards what do you what do you think yeah. people should they've followed this for years I can't remember when the first episode came out I remember listening to it um, what's going to happen next do you think so I've worked on this for six years and I just I, like I said I would have loved to have been there with the family today they mean a lot to me I would like the housekeeper to be spoken to I'd like the hairs to be tested um, I want to thank everyone who's come forward with leads as I'm sure Mark will because it's quite remarkable almost unfathomable that after 42 years in a cold case, we're still getting people coming forward. And I think you should ask Mark about two new people who might have crucial evidence because I know he wants to appeal to them to come forward and it might actually crack this thing. Who are those people, Mark? Uh, look, they were a couple of school kids at the time. Police have identified um, the, the, these witnesses who um, may have seen the priest at the bookshop at the time of the murder. So I just want to uh, appeal, appeal to you to come forward and make a statement to police. I also just want to thank the... So can I just clarify, yep. Mark? There are two kids who were seen at the time. Police think they might have seen the priest. Is that correct? That's correct, but we, yes. Presumably we don't know those kids' names, but we know they were seen the, the police, right time, the, right yeah, place. Th that's right, and the police are following up those inquiries right. and trying to get a statement from them. Okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You wanted to say something Well, else. I just wanted to thank the ABC in particular, Rachel Brown. I mean, 
How does it work that a, a journalist um, is coming up with more than the police on a case like this? I mean, so, yeah, I just want to thank you, Rachel, and the ABC for all the hard work and, and, and the effort that you've put in. How does it work, Rachel? You, the final right of reply. How does it work that you come up with something? Uh, <laughs> um, I just care a lot. I care a lot and I promise them to help them find answers and I will, that resolve hasn't faltered, it's only got stronger so I'll continue to keep working with the family. Um, yeah, I just, I'm very humbled by this, I'm humbled we've got as far as we have and I'm, I'm sad that Mark's sad today but um, I think he's also hopeful too that this isn't over. That was a live cross Mark, James and I had with ABC Melbourne's Raphael Epstein. And amazingly, straight after this cross, a man texted the program saying his best friend was outside the bookshop at the time of the murder, and he's never come forward. Hope burns on. So, in a nutshell, the finding was heartbreaking for the James brothers because they remain in a holding pattern. But the glimmers of hope? The housekeeper in Italy can be spoken to, and should be. Two new witnesses who've emerged, school children at a bus stop at the time of the murder, can be spoken to. Hairs on Maria's bed quilt are being tested and can be compared against persons of interest. And the coroner has asked Victoria Police to do a thorough search for Maria James's missing bloodstained clothing, saying it's the, quote, minimum Victoria Police should do, reflecting the gravity of the consequences of the lost exhibits. You'll hear more here on the Trace podcast about all these loose ends when I have updates for you. And the coroner has said if new facts and circumstances come to light, the inquest can be reopened. Thanks so much for your loyal listenership since 2017 and for your leads. The James brothers say they mean the world.